ministry in the church can be life-giving and life-changing. And in the midst of it, we all need faithful companions along the road. Welcome to Along the Road, a podcast on faith and leadership for ministry leaders of the PCUSA. So you're a church leader serving as a ruling elder or a deacon, but you also have almost a dozen other roles, sibling, parent, friend, biker, landscape architect, chauffeur, builder, grocer, fill in the blank. Come join us in the midst of your day, wherever you are, to be inspired in your role in the church, become nourished, and renew your call. Formation as a leader doesn't happen all at once. So let's walk along this road together. I'm Martha Miller, and I'm excited to travel on this journey with you. Joining us today are Greg Russos and Angela Duffy. Greg has served the PCUSA for over 22 years as president of New Covenant Trust Company and executive vice president of the Presbyterian Foundation. He is a certified public accountant and a certified financial planner professional. Angela is a ruling elder and serves as New Covenant Trust Company's general counsel and chief compliance officer. She has been with New Covenant Trust Company and its parent, the Presbyterian Foundation, for nearly 17 years. I'm excited to have some time with both of them as they share with us about responsible investing. How we choose to spend and invest our money says a lot about who we are and what we believe. In many ways, it is a spiritual practice, both for us as individuals and for the larger church as a whole. Welcome, Greg. Can you give us a little overview of responsible investing? Thank you, Martha, and thank you for having us. Uh, we're excited to share information. Before we get into responsible investing, I just want to make sure everybody understands what it means to be an investor. As an investor, you're placing your funds, your money with a company, and you're either doing that as an owner of the company or as a creditor of a company, as since you're loaning your money to a company. So you have a very tangible relationship with that company, and that relationship is reflective of your values. So an investor and how they invest tells a lot about their values. They're a witness or a testament to our values. So responsible investing really is about that. Are we responsible investors and responsible to our values? And there's several considerations when, when we consider responsible investing. The first consideration is what companies do we hold in our portfolio? And this is called screening. We can either negative screen or positive screen. Negative screening is where we choose to not hold companies in our portfolio. We select maybe tobacco or gaming or firearms as certain sectors or companies not to hold. And in fact, our General Assembly has issued directives on what companies not to hold in our portfolios. So that's negative screening. Positive screening is the opposite. That talks to what companies we want to include in our portfolio. And there's a popular type of positive screening right now. It's called ESG or environmental, social, and governance investing. That's where we select companies that have good environmental track records, good, good social track records, and good governance practices. And that's ESG. Uh, and that's very similar, and that is positive investing. 
The next area is being an advocate uh, and being a positive advocate. So as either an owner of a company or lending money to a company through credit, we can influence or help shape company practices. And we can do that by partnering with other investors. So that could be through proxy voting, voting on shareholder resolutions or corporate resolutions, attending annual shareholder meetings of companies, and also participating in various company engagements. We as Presbyterians do this a lot, and we have had a lot of success over the years through this. We actually have a committee, the Committee on Mission Responsibility through Investing, that represents Presbyterians through uh, company engagement and is an advocate uh, for the church and its values with these companies. The last area that's on a more positive note is called community investing. Sometimes this is known as positive investing, impact investments, uh, social investing. This is where we place our capital with companies to do good things in our communities. And we typically don't look for a large financial return, but what we look for is a social return human flourishing by these types of investments. And again, our General Assembly has set up a program through the Presbyterian Foundation called Creative Investments, where we make these impact investments. Examples of impact investments are affordable housing bonds, microfinance, it could be a solar energy initiative or some kind of uh, renewable energy initiative things like that that can have a positive impact on our community, on our society. And an investor can choose to participate in any one of these different areas. You don't have to participate in all of these areas to be considered a responsible investor. The point is to start somewhere and be a responsible investor with, with some of these tools that are available to you. Great. Thank you, Greg. And Angela, as I listen to Greg talk about some of these actions, I'm aware that the General Assembly has provided statements on investments. Can you share some more about these? Sure, I'd be happy to, Martha. And, you know, it's interesting that the PCUSA has a long history of incorporating our values into our discussions about investing. It's actually one of the many things that I love about the Presbyterian Church. There's a significant history of actions and statements so I'll just get into a couple of uh, examples in the interest of time. So church investments have been viewed as more than a practical question. In 1971, the United Presbyterian Church in the United States of America viewed church investments as an instrument of mission and includes theological, social, and economic considerations. Uh, investable assets have long been included in our understanding of the stewardship of God's resources entrusted to the church. As stated by the Presbyterian Church in the United States in 1976, we confess that the Lord is really the acknowledged master of our entire life, moral, physical, and material. And even beyond the General Assembly, um, the World Council of Churches has also issued statements on responsible investing. So in 2012, the World Council of Churches issued a call for an economy of life, justice, and peace for all. The whole community of living organisms that grows and flourishes is an expression of God's will and works together to bring life from and give life to the land, to connect one generation to the next, and to sustain the abundance and diversity of God's household. 
So socially responsible investing requires us to be faithful in investing our funds in a way that honors the fact that all we have belongs to God, which is a tenet that we all believe as Christians and as part of the Presbyterian Church. I appreciate that the General Assembly has long recognized that we're called to act in accordance with our faith in the manner in which we invest. We've been very forward thinking as a denomination um, in accordance uh, with our faith, investing in a responsible manner is not new for us and has really long been part of our faith heritage. Great. Thanks, Angela. So what history does the Peace USA or other ecumenical partners have with responsible investing? Greg, can you respond to that? Absolutely, Martha. You know, responsible investing goes back, you could actually trace it back hundreds of years. But if we look at our recent history, responsible investing started in the 1960s and really started due to a variety and intensity of social issues, things like civil rights, urban decay, gender equality, and the Vietnam War. And one of the first places where we saw responsible investing come to the forefront actually was in South Africa. In fact, in 1963, a Presbyterian women delegation returned from South Africa, noting the extensive presence of U.S. corporations. And this is during the time of apartheid in South Africa. And Presbyterian women urged advocacy with corporations to oppose apartheid. And if the corporations were unresponsive, that we should divest of those corporations. So apartheid really helped to galvanize investors around being responsible investors. In fact, the first shareholder resolution was filed, uh, religious shareholder resolution was filed in 1971 by the Episcopal Church calling for General Motors to withdraw from South Africa until apartheid ended. And about that same time, in the early 70s, the General Assembly established the committee on mission responsibility through investment in recognition of the church's unique opportunity to advance mission through financial resources. And MRTI, Mission Responsibility Through Investment, implements the General Assembly's policies on responsible investing by engaging corporations and working with us, the investing agencies of the denomination. That's great. I really appreciate hearing um, that history, Greg. I was particularly interested in hearing about how apartheid kind of got all of this going. So I think you've given us already some examples about making a difference, but can you say more about how responsible investing really can make a difference? Yes, Martha, uh, I can give you some examples even from this past year. And this is a tribute to the work of the denomination, a work of the General Assembly, and especially the hard work of the Mission Responsibility Through Investment Committee. So over the years, we have witnessed many companies and change practices for the betterment of society, also improved care for the climate, and also better governance practice, all due to responsible investing, to investors helping companies change policies and practices to improve. You know, we talked about apartheid in South Africa, and there's been many examples through the years, but let me focus just on most recent, 2022. Our mission responsibility through investment committee filed six resolutions with companies to encourage positive change. And actually those resolutions were all withdrawn and they were withdrawn by the companies because they agreed to make the changes 
that the denomination that we as Presbyterians were asking for. For example, AIG, a large insurance company corporation, agreed to disclose policies to help ensure that its underwriting practices do not support new fossil fuel supplies. American Airlines, similar, related to some activities aligning with the Paris Climate Agreement. Dollar General, reducing its chemical footprint by adopting new apologies. Entergy, uh, committing to an 80% carbon pollution-free electricity interim net zero target by 2030 that aligns it with the Paris aligned U.S. nationally determined contribution electricity pledge. There's a couple more. Very good responses, even within the last year, Martha, that demonstrates responsible shareholders, responsible investing can absolutely make a difference and can have a real impact with companies. Oh, great. Thank you for sharing those specific impacts and the ways that it really does um, make a difference. And we hear through some of the history and some of the examples that you've given that responsible investing has really been around for a while. I'm wondering if the interest is growing as of late. Angela, can you help us understand that? That's a great question, Martha. Um, what I like to say is that the society is finally catching up to the Presbyterian Church. Um, there is a significant growth in the number of people and in institutions who are interested in investing their assets with an objective of not just a financial return, but also a societal return. It really has been interesting to watch that change and that growth as a society. Very large mutual fund complexes, ones that we would never have anticipated would have offered socially responsible mutual funds and exchange traded funds, seeing the growth in that area as well. Investment advisors are becoming more skilled at implementing socially responsible investment portfolios. It really has been every avenue of growth possible in the field. According to a 2019 Morgan Stanley survey, 85% of individual investors are interested in sustainable investing, and that's up 75% from 2017. The options available to investors have also grown. Investment research company Morningstar says there are 303 sustainable open-ended mutual funds and exchange-traded funds in 2019, and that's up for, from only 111 in 2014. So these increases demonstrate that socially responsible investing is now clearly hit the mainstream, as evidenced by a few more examples. A group of investors that include Bill and Melinda Gates formed a $2 billion green energy fund with a focus on reducing greenhouse emissions. The United Nations has established a focus on responsible investing as the United Nations has sponsored principles in, of responsible investing. As of March, 2022, over 4,395 investors with more than $121 trillion in assets have signed on to the United Nations principles of responsible investing. This is a 28% increase year over year in investing. So we see this trend increasing as younger investors seem particularly interested in responsible investing. A recent Morgan Stanley survey revealed that eight in 10 millennials are interested in socially responsible investing. So again, as I like to think of it, uh, people are catching up with where the PCUSA has long been. That's great. Those are, again, I love that you all are able to give such specific examples of really the impact of what we're talking about. And Angela, as, as ruling elders, we know budgets, including a congregation's budget, can be under pressure. 
Does investing responsibly create additional pressures or concerns? It's a great question. Um, I have been on a session of a very small PCUSA congregation, probably 25 or so people on a given Sunday. And of those 25, um, people, five people, five of those people have shared my last name. So five <laughs> of the 25 have been Duffy's. Um, so I understand what it's like to look at financials and have that nervous feeling in the pit of your stomach about the budget. Um, when there are investable assets, though, I think every congregation owes it to itself and to its future members to really study socially responsible investing. Obviously, every congregation needs to conduct its own research and do what is right for it. But I really hope that every congregation will conduct that study instead of just assuming that they can't afford a socially responsible portfolio. We have conducted our own analysis, which has revealed that while there can definitely be short-term variances between a responsible investment portfolio and a non-responsible investing portfolio, but over the long-term, say 10 years or so, that variance is really minimal. And frankly, as long-term investors, we really shouldn't be focused on those short-term differences anyway, because there are a thousand different reasons why those short-term differences can exist. Mm -hmm. Another denominations investing agency conducted a similar study and they had similar results. So the research that we've reviewed suggests that over longer periods, investors do not sacrifice material performance with the responsible investment portfolio compared to a non-responsible investment portfolio. 2020 research analysis from asset management firm Arabesque Partners found that 80% of the reviewed studies demonstrated that sustainability practices actually have a positive influence on investment performance. Therefore, a congregation with longer term assets may determine that they can invest responsibly without sacrificing meaningful investment returns. An important consideration for a congregation is to find the right investment partner that understands their goals, objectives, risk tolerance, cash needs, such that a proper policy is written and implemented. We believe that companies with both good policies and practices and that have good governance and treat their employees, neighbors, and the environment well may perform well over the long run. In fact, consulting firm McKenzie, our latest research finds that companies in the top quartile for gender, racial, and ethnic diversity are more likely to have financial returns above their national industry medians. And diversity is probably a competitive differentiator that shifts market share towards more diverse companies over time. And that's from a 2015 McKinsey study. I haven't seen more recent a study, but I would guess with what we've all seen in studies of diversity, equity, and inclusion, there are probably four more studies that could probably confirm that same result just from what we all intuitively know about um, the improvements that organizations can see when they truly commit to a diverse organization. Thank you, Angela. Both you and Greg have really given us so much to think about, which, which leads me with the question about where do we even start with all of this? Martha, that is, that's a great question and one that we hear a lot at New Covenant Trust Company and the Presbyterian Foundation. And I think the point I'd want to make first is it's important just to start. There are a lot of different ways, and we mentioned earlier, a lot of different ways that you can be a responsible investor. It's not going to be perfect at first. And because it's not perfect at first, don't let that deter you from starting. So start somewhere. 
The good news is there are a lot of wonderful resources that are available to investors about what it means to be a responsible investor and how to implement a responsible investment portfolio. We have a lot of, of resources at the Presbyterian Foundation and New Covenant Trust Company that we would be happy to share and talk through. We at New Covenant Trust Company have created custom portfolios to specifically match the values of congregations and institutions of the PCUSA. Just know that we'd be honored to talk with anyone about responsible investment and investing according to your values. We greatly appreciate everybody's interest, Martha. We greatly appreciate you having us to talk about responsible investing. It's very important to us. We think it can make a meaningful difference to our planet, to our companies, to our neighbors and those around us. And the last thing I'd say is, as I'm out talking to congregations and others, people are asking, what is in your portfolio? We hear it time and time again. Do you hold weapons in your portfolio? What are you doing about caring for creation in your portfolio? So don't be surprised. Angela mentioned it earlier. Millennials are interested in responsible investing. Don't be surprised if some members of your congregation don't ask what values are reflected in your portfolio. We want you to be prepared for that. So if we can help, please reach out to us. So Martha, thank you again. And thank you both Angela and Greg. What helpful information you've given all of us as we consider the way that we invest our money and how that can be a reflection of our own spirituality. So thank you again for the many ways that you share your gifts with the church and also for being guests on this episode. We hope that you have been nourished through this episode of Along the Road. You're invited to visit the website for PCUSA Leader Formation for additional nourishment for ruling elders and deacons, www.pcusa.org slash leader formation. This has been the Along the Road podcast. We look forward to crossing paths with you again soon. 